With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, I'm hoping you and fans of the Denver Broncos. So anyone listening to this podcast, hit me up on, on the social media, on the tweeter machine. And I'll, this is this is also for the old man, for the old school fans. Help me understand how Steve Foley is not in the Denver Broncos ring of fame. Help me understand. And if you just had a, a, a vision of Tom Cruise as Jerry Maguire, help me help you. Just help me. Help me understand how the hell Steve Foley is not in the Broncos ring of fame. Uh, so, I, okay, so I'm looking at, at his note. You sent me uh, a link that I, I opened up that is just, you know, it's stats, Broncos stats, and and – uh, it's in, career interceptions, and and I, I just I'm gonna I'll read this to you. Uh, maybe this is why. And, and I'm I'm just looking at the top two names. And Steve Foley with 150 games had 44 interceptions. That is the most interceptions in Broncos history. Uh, so, okay, so I'm gonna pause you right there. Okay. Steve Foley is the all-time leader in interceptions 
for the Denver Broncos. Right. I'm trying to so you and he is not in the ring of fame. Right. Yes. I, I'm you asked I would me, just like to I would like to know for all the listeners out there, did you know that Steve Foley was indeed the all-time interceptions leader for the Denver Broncos. Oh, well, our, our and listeners And he's not are, in the ring of fame. Our, our, our listeners are rabid fans, and of course they knew that, and they're they're devastated by it. You asked me to try and help you understand why, and, and I'm going to give you uh, maybe this is why, and maybe this is why. I, I can't imagine it would be, but maybe it is. Goose Gonsolin, who is number two on the list with 43 interceptions, so just one fewer, only played in 94 games. So he did a lot more per game. I don't I don't really have a very good I don't have a I don't have a reason. Nobody has a reason. It doesn't make any sense. I it really there's there are guys that should be in the ring of fame just like there are guys that should be in the Hall of Fame and it doesn't make sense and I think every maybe this is our own little Hall of Fame issue, only it's it's not to call it little, by the way, because the Ring of Fame is more important than the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know. This is a miss, right? This is a miss by the Broncos, and I'm not sure what – I can't give you an answer. I'm sitting here trying – I mean, no, there's no there's no legitimate answer to your question. None whatsoever. I mean, he's got – look, he's got – my numbers might be wrong here. He's got 18 more interceptions than Louis Wright, who you and I will argue is the best cornerback in Broncos history, and that includes Champ Bailey, who is going into the Hall of Fame. 18 more interceptions in what is it? 16 fewer games. I I, I got I got uh, I got very little here. I have nothing for you. I'm sorry. And the thing that that bothers me about it is there's another safety they elected three years ago into the ring of fame who cannot touch what Steve Foley has done for the Denver Broncos. He cannot touch what Steve Foley has done for the Denver Broncos and what he meant. And the thing that the other aspect that bothers me is the Broncos they they brag about their history. They brag about their tradition. And one of the things that they can brag about is having some of the greatest safeties to ever play in the National Football League. To have Billy Thompson, to have Goose Gonsolin, to have Steve Atwater, Dennis Smith, John Lynch, Brian Dawkins. Yeah. I mean, they, they played for the Broncos. They, they did play for the Broncos. You're right. And to keep one of them off, on top of putting in John Lynch, and you and I both have said this, and I'll say it again, it sullies the Broncos' ring of fame. Yeah, it hurts it. It it, It makes it less. Because the sole reason they did it was to beat the Hall of Fame. They wanted to say, well, he's in the Broncos' ring of fame before he was a Hall of Famer. Because I think when they put him in the Ring of Fame, they thought that year he was going to get inducted in the Hall of Fame. So they tried to beat the Hall of Fame voters. And instead, they just... They cheapened it. They really did. And on top of that, you keep a guy out who is the all-time leader in interceptions for your franchise. I was coming up with comparisons before we started recording. 
when you keep an all-time leader for your franchise in a statistical category out of your ring of fame, that is akin to keeping off Rod Smith, Terrell Davis, John Elway, Jason Elam, Simon Fletcher. Yeah. Von Randy Miller. Radishar. <laughs> oh, we're not Von. I, I jumped the gun on Von there. I mean, Von's going. Well, in. And, and Von's absolutely going to get in. <laughs> but I mean, the only thing that I mean is there. And this goes out to the listeners again. Is there a beef that we don't know about? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Maybe maybe we missed something. I mean, maybe Steve maybe Steve put his finger in somebody's face and said things that he shouldn't have said on his way out the door when he retired. And so, uh, you know, he's he's now persona non grata, but I've never heard anything like that. Is this not a it, – it's interesting. He seems like a guy who kind of is is lost in Broncos history, and, and I'm, I'm not sure why. Is it because he was so closely followed by Steve Atwater? But that doesn't make sense because it really wasn't that close, right? Didn't Yeah, it was three years, it was three years after later. Steve Foley retired. So – I mean, is there a recency bias? Perhaps there's a recency bias. Maybe Broncos fans aren't as great at history as they like to think they are, not to insult anybody. Um, but I did sort did of they blame him for Phil Sims going off in the I, Super Bowl. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's his fault that Phil Sims was so great in that Super Bowl. I, that was we sh- I mean, that Super Bowl was the first that's the first Super Bowl I really remember. I was, I think I was five when they played it because it was '86, right? Yes, in Pasadena. In Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Or, well, but they played it in '87, right? It was the '86. It was the '86 season. It was the '86 season. I think it's the '85 season. No, because the '85. No, because the '85 Bears was the '85 season, right? And so then the '86 season is when the Broncos played the Giants, and then the game was played in. So I was six. I remember. Okay, I'm. I'm getting there. I remember. I was six. I was in kindergarten, so I had to be six because I was in kindergarten. We decorated our room, right? We put up the stupid orange and blue, like, you know what I'm talking about, the rings where you take the paper and you cut it in strips and you make the ring chain thing. Ring chain. Yeah, the ring chain Elf thing. Elf did it. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And then, you know, you come back on that Monday and, and you know, everything's taken down because it wasn't so great. I don't remember Steve Foley being the reason that the Broncos lost that game. So No. He wasn't. And even if he was, let, let's pretend that he was. Let's just, for argument's sake, say that it was Steve Foley's fault. Does that still keep him out of the ring of fame? No. And so, I, 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 I really don't understand it. You know, I maybe mean, it's I, a, a question for Mace. Andrew Mason, Broncos Andrew historian. Mason or even Jim Sakamano. Or, or even Sakamano. Yeah, Jim Sakamano would be a great person to he, ask. He's the, he's the member of the committee to elect members to the Broncos right fame is it about name recognition and I and I get the recency bias when you when you list off players who should be in the ring of fame the first one to come up is Ed McCaffrey understandable he's fourth all time in Broncos history and receptions he's fourth Steve Foley is first all time in interceptions you know it's interesting we're talking about a Safety, not getting into the Broncos Ring of Fame, and it's it's very much akin to a safety in Steve Atwater not getting into 
the Hall of Fame. It's this. It's the same thing. It really they do parallel each other in that safeties are underrepresented in the Hall of Fame, and I suppose you could make the argument that safeties are underrepresented in the Ring of Fame because Steve Foley is not in the Ring of Fame. So I ask again to our listeners, please help us understand how Steve Foley is not in the Ring of Fame, and it needs to change. It needs to change. It needs to change in 2020. I mean, I totally understand why they inducted Champ Bailey. And Champ Bailey is the first Denver Bronco in history to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Broncos Ring of Fame in the same year. That's incredible. But it also speaks to how poorly represented the Broncos are in the Hall of Fame. But that's a different debate. They wanted to leave this year to be Champ Bailey's, to be completely Champ Bailey's year. Get in the Hall of Fame, get in the Ring of Fame. It's all about him. In 2020, Peyton Manning is up. They may do the same thing, although Dave Logan said that Mike Shanahan is going to get in sooner rather than later. I mean, Shanahan. You're going to do Peyton Manning and Mike Shanahan. Add Steve Foley, please. If you're not going to make it just about PFM and you're going to add in Mike Shanahan, please add in Steve Foley. This needs to be corrected. It needs to be corrected sooner than later. The same thing that we said about Simon Fletcher, that we said about Rick Upchurch. This needs to be fixed, and it needs to be fixed now. Steve Foley deserves, needs, and should be in the Broncos' ring of fame. Can't, cannot cannot make an argument uh, uh, contrary. I tried. I tried to play devil's advocate, and I was like, I got nothing. I can't find a reason. So I, I agree with you on that one wholeheartedly. And, you know, you said Mike Shanahan, and I thought to myself, Shanahan's not in the ring of fame? That's I mean, isn't he a guy that really should be in the ring of fame? Dan Reeves Without is. Question. I mean, Without Dan, question. Yeah, Dan Reeves is, and so Mike Shanahan's Mike Shan- is the greatest coach in Broncos history. Yeah. I, I mean, Mike Shanahan to me is probably a Hall of Famer, except for his time in Washington. And even then, I don't think that negates what he did for the Denver Broncos. And and in my opinion, he should be in the Hall of Fame as well. You win back to back Super Bowls, that's a big deal. That just it just is. So uh that that takes us down a whole other rabbit hole that maybe we'll save for save for a time when there isn't anything to talk about because, you know, off season football, not that there's a lot to talk about right now either. And before we get into current Broncos stuff with the OTAs, there are two other people, I think, from yesteryear for the Broncos who should be in the ring of fame. Bob Swinson, who was a linebacker for the Orange Crush. Mm -hmm. I would even throw out Joe Rizzo, but I think Bob Swinson is more deserving than Rizzo. Okay. The other one, I think, is even higher up than Swinson or Rizzo, and that's Riley Odoms. Riley Odoms should be in the Broncos' ring of fame. Give me your reasoning as to why. Like, give, give me your argument for it. Don't you know? Because I think a lot of people won't know the name Riley Odoms, and that and that's understandable. I, you know, I kind of said, well, our you know our fans are our our listeners are diehard fans, and they know everything. But, but I think sometimes. It's hard to just know who everybody is. So, so give me sort of your 
your your reasoning for why you think Riley Odoms is a ring of famer. When you look at the all-time receptions leader for the Denver Broncos, there are names that you know. You know Rod Smith. You know Shannon Sharp. You know Demarius Thomas. You know Lionel Taylor. You know Ed McCaffrey. You know Vance Johnson. Number seven on that list is Riley Odoms. And what makes Riley Odoms' accomplishments so incredible, he played in 153 games for the Denver Broncos from 1972 to 1983. He finished with 400, wait, 396 receptions, 5,755 yards, and solid 48 career. touchdowns. Yeah, solid career. That's a solid career right there. He didn't do it with John Elway or Peyton Manning as his quarterback. He didn't exactly have Hall of Fame quarterbacks throwing him the football throughout the course of his career. Well, just like a lot of people don't know who Riley Odoms is, I'll bet that most people listening couldn't tell you who his quarterbacks were. That says a lot. One of, one of them was Craig Morton. Yeah, that's true. Craig Morton. And then I'll take it even further. Mike Kliss had a great tweet, and I, I, I know somewhere Lori is. What did you just say? Cringing, <laughs> but he he had a great tweet. He said he still says tight end Riley Odoms is the most overlooked for the Broncos Ring of Fame. That's where I disagree. I think it's Steve Foley. Steve Foley is the number one in interceptions in Broncos history. That's the most overlooked. Riley Odoms is seventh in terms of, of catches. But that's neither here nor there. Kliss goes on to say that Dave Casper finished with 378 receptions for 5,216 yards and 52 touchdowns. Charlie Sanders finished with 336 yards, 4,817, wait, 336 receptions for 4,817 yards and 31 touchdowns for Charlie San Sanders. Wiley Odoms had 396 catches. 5,755 yards, 41 touchdowns. I have him as, yeah, he does, 40, 41 touchdowns. Huh. So I got a little confused. That's all right. Both Sanders and Casper are Pro Football Hall of Famers. Yes, I, I that's true. Wait, Riley Odoms has... I would argue better or comparable numbers in, in certain cases. And he's not considered, well, he's a Bronco. So Broncos don't make it to the hall of fame. That's just, I think one of the things I think is interesting is you can go through and, and you can probably find uh, comparable players to, to many of the Broncos greats and go, well, this guy has better numbers than this guy, but he's not in the hall of fame. And, and the reason why is because of who he played for. And that's, that's really frustrating about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But the argument that you make for Riley Odoms to be uh, to be in the ring of fame, I think, is, is a solid one in that I think he's the he's who threw him the football. I, I think that's a really good point to make there. Who threw him the football? You know, Craig Morton, okay. Was it who else was it? I mean, you, nobody really knows. And he had a very, very good career. I think he deserves to be in. You, you've made you've made some good arguments there for for a couple of very deserving players in Steve Foley and, and Riley Odoms. I'm I'm with you on both of them. I'm convinced. 
I'll, I'll list a couple of the quarterbacks. Obviously, Craig Morton, mm-hmm. Charlie Johnson, mm-hmm. Steve Ramsey. Okay. He didn't play with Steve Tenzi because Tenzi until 70. That would be pretty much it. Norris Weiss. <laughs> I mean, you could you could just start making stuff up and just <laughs> nobody's gonna know. People might Google it. Just Google it. Just Google it. I love that line. Um, Steve Berg. Steve DeBerg? Mm-hmm. He was he was like 108 when he retired, right? Am I right about that? Is, maybe my numbers are off. He was so, super old. Those those were the quarterbacks that Riley Odoms caught his 396 catches from for 5,755 yards and 41 touchdowns. In an era when tight ends didn't, I mean. Let's be honest here. It wasn't the Shannon Sharp era. It wasn't, I mean, today, a good time. We were. We could talk about Noah Fant, and we probably will a little bit here in a minute. But he's going to be a he's going to be an offensive weapon, right? We're we're not talking about an era of tight ends as offensive weapons like they are today. You know, Mike Ditka was considered one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I, I think he was more lauded for his blocking than anything else. I mean, obviously he was a good pass catcher and, and he scored lots of touchdowns, blah, 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 blah. But it's just, it was a different era. And he was clearly one of the best in his era and not in the ring of fame. That's a miss by the Broncos and not in the hall of fame. That's a miss by the pro football hall of fame, but they miss all the time. So you almost have to kind of <laughs> cut them a little bit of slack, right? Absolutely. So I, I would like to see at some point Steve Foley needs to get in immediately. And then Riley Odoms needs to be right behind him. You know what's fascinating when you look at the all-time receptions leaders for the Denver Broncos? Who comes in at 16th? And I think it speaks to just how insanely valuable and good he was for the Denver Broncos. Who? Floyd Little. Really? A running back is 16th all-time in receptions for the Denver Broncos. Well, he is the franchise, so you have to, you know, give him credit there. It's it's always interesting to kind of look at these lists, too. I mean, Terrell Davis is 24th. That's that's pretty far down the list, right? It's not as close as 16th. Not as close. As, you're right. You're right. I'm just noticing. I'm just look, I'm just looking at numbers here. It's just interesting. Interesting who you have on there. I love that Shannon Sharp is, is number two on the list. I'm a little, I will say this, I'm a little disappointed that he wasn't passed by Demarius Thomas. Not because I wanted him, you know, I don't like Shannon Sharp, but I I think that would have made Demarius Thomas appear that much more important in Broncos history, which I think he gets he gets crushed by people all the time for all of the drops. But, I mean, his numbers with the Broncos were incredible numbers. And it's it's too bad that his career sort of petered out there and they, you know, had to sort of move on. But had he been able to surpass Shannon Sharp and move into second, I think history-wise, people would have looked 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 at his career a little, a little more favorably. I'll get through it. Don't worry. And I said earlier in the podcast that McCaffrey was fourth in receptions. He's actually fifth. 
he's behind Lionel Taylor. And speaking of Lionel Taylor, the numbers he put up in 96 games is insane. I mean, if you look at those numbers and go, wait a minute, in 96 games he did that? In only six years. So from 1960 to 1966, Lionel Taylor played in 96 games. He had 543 catches for 6,872 yards and 44 touchdowns. If you think about it this way, if you look at his numbers, 96 games, that's a little less than half of what Rod Smith did. Let's just say you doubled his numbers. Just He played double the games. He'd have almost 1,100 catches. He'd have well. He'd, he'd have thirteen over thirteen thousand yards. He'd have eighty-eight touchdowns in his career. Now I'm not saying that you could double those and that's where it would be. But if he had had a longer career, if he had played more games for the Broncos, his numbers would have been Hall of Fame numbers without question. But it, but they're not because he didn't play enough. I guess I don't know. The Hall of Fame is stupid. Well, and at this point, the Ring of Fame is stupid because for some reason, Steve Foley is not in the Ring of Fame. The Broncos' all-time leader in interceptions is not in the Ring of Fame. So I ask again to our listeners, please help us understand how Steve Foley is not in the Ring of Fame. And And while you do that, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That would be great. Check us out. Go over to iTunes. Great review. We love those. Um, I would actually argue, and this this maybe will put a nice little bow on it, instead of trying to help us understand why he's not in the ring of fame, let's help the Denver Broncos make the decision to put him in the ring of fame. Let's go ahead and, and start a, a little miniature campaign here at Mile High Report to get Steve Foley into the ring of fame. I could get behind that. I think that's something that we could probably have an effect on that, especially since we know a few people. You know, we know a couple of guys, so we could. I think we could do that. I think that would be a good way to go. Tweet out, tweet it at uh, Andrew Mason and Jim Sacamano, and and let, let's see if we can make make that happen. I think that would be fun. Um, and I'll do my part by writing a story on Sunday that asks that very question: Why in the hell is Steve Foley not in the Broncos Ring of Fame? I think and let's get idea. it corrected. Let's do that. Let's and then. For right now, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the weapons that Joe Flacco now has. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So, um, before we went on break, I said I wanted to talk about the weapons that Joe Flacco has. And the reason I want to talk about the, the weapons he has now, Ian, is a quote that uh, Cortland Sutton gave during OTAs that I just thought it really stood out to me. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the quote because it, it struck me as uh, a second-year guy who, who sees uh, potential in himself 
and a potential to have a big impact on the offense. And, and so this is what Cortland Sutton said uh, on if he thinks he has made a step forward in the red zone. I think personally in the red zone, I'm one of the biggest threats that DBs go against. Every DB that I played against or will play against will probably say the same thing. They might not show it, but they know. I'm a 6'4", 220 guy in the red zone. I'm a threat no matter where we're at going in. I'm definitely looking forward to capitalizing on that more this season, being able to put more in the end zone and take advantage of that. Take advantage of what God gifted me with. This body, this size, this speed, the athleticism, being able to take advantage of that and use that against the 5'9 or 5'10 corner that we go against. I'm in. You got me. Cortland Sutton is my man. I'm in. Big dude ready to, to, to mash on some small people. I like it. I like it. The thing that stands out to me is his confidence. And I think the reason he has that confidence, and I know there's a lot of people who are going to cringe when they hear this, the reason he has that confidence is who's, who his quarterback is right now. And I, I get that people don't want to think that Joe Flacco is elite, and I'm not saying he's elite, but there's a reason I read that quote on our last podcast from Jeff Hireman. He knows this offense. The best Joe Flacco has been, even the year they won the Super Bowl, and he did that chuck and pray to Jacoby Jones. The best Joe Flacco has looked was in this offense, was in Gary Kubiak's offense. That's the best Joe Flacco has ever looked in the National Football League, and he's back in that offense. He even said the terminology is the same. Yeah. And now you're going to add a weapon like Cortland Sutton with that confidence? I mean, come on. And the rapport they're building up right now? Yeah. So last season, you and I – constantly it felt like talked about wanting Cortland Sutton to be the target we wanted a little more chuck and pray if you will we wanted them to to throw up those 50 50 balls we wanted Case Keenum to give Cortland Sutton a chance to use his size to use that 6'4 220 frame to go up and take balls out of the air and they just didn't do it enough we wanted three to five. I remember it. That's three right. To five three each to five game. a game. Because even if he doesn't get it, he's gonna get a, a defensive pass interference on him. And it was and it was really more like they would do it one to three times a game, right? In a good game, it was three times. Whereas in a in a normal game, because they didn't have a lot of good games, it was once. And and it's a weapon that they have, and I, I love that he sees himself as a weapon. But but to take that even further. I love the fact that Joe Flacco actually has weapons around him. So I love the confidence in Cortland Sutton. I, I love that he is going to be, I believe he's going to be the go-to guy in the red zone, just looking at his size and listening to what he said. But I also love the fact that you've got Philip Lindsay and you've got Royce Freeman. You've got two solid running backs who have a lot of potential who have have shown some success Philip Lindsay more than Royce Freeman but I think Royce Freeman in year 2 will grow will get better I think that drafting Noah Fant giving him that tight end that security blanket that Joe Flacco loves to have that he relies on his Todd Heap if you will getting you know Cortland Sutton out there but also Deshaun Hamilton who is probably the most pre- most precise route runner that the Broncos have, and then Emmanuel Sanders continuing to be Emmanuel Sanders. I, I, th- I think that this is 
perhaps the makings of a very good offense. Now, I don't want to get too excited. I know it's OTAs. I know that it's 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 you know we have nothing to talk about. So this is what we're talking about. But this has been a pretty good offseason for the Denver Broncos. And now those rookies that were rookies last year are second-year guys. They're more comfortable in the NFL. They're more confident in their abilities. And Cortland Sutton, with that statement alone, proves that he's not even he's not even afraid to go out and say, I'm bigger than the DBs and I'm gonna be able to to catch balls over them. That's something that's that's like putting a target on your back in some ways, saying, I can do this, I'm better than they are, I'm bigger than they are, I'm stronger than they are. Go ahead and come come at me, bro. He doesn't even care. I love that confidence. I love that he feels like he's the go-to guy in the red zone. And and it was the the question was a step forward, and he he went nine miles beyond that. It wasn't about being a step forward. It was about I'm the go-to guy in the red zone. Sign me up. Where's the dotted line? Get me a pen. Sign me up. I want I want to watch that. And to tie uh, to to put all this together. On Tuesday, Deshaun Hamilton showed the same confidence because on Monday, that's when Cortland Sutton met with the media on the second week of OTAs. On Tuesday, Deshaun Hamilton said this on if he has the mindset of being a top receiver. All of that wide receiver one, two, three, if E comes back and all that other stuff, I think of it as I want the ball as many times as I can possibly get it. I want to make as many plays as I possibly can. I come in and I have the same mentality as Cortland, ready to step up. Obviously, E is coming back from rehab and his whole Achilles situation. Next man up. I have the same mentality as Cortland. I'm ready to do right by myself. I'm ready to basically just make as many plays as I'm called on to make and really be just on top of my responsibility. I can be like a splash splash player for us all season. That's just some of the standards that I have for myself. They're saying the right things. You know what I'm saying? They're saying the right things. And I think they're doing the right things on the field because they finally have the coaches to put them in those situations, to give them that confidence. They now know the coaches are going to have their backs, are going to put them in the situation to have success, to be the best they can be, which is not the case the last three years. And I, the thing that really stands out to me, and I think it speaks to, to all of this, on the confidence, especially on the offensive side of the ball, there was a report that on Monday, Joe Flacco overthrew a ball 70 yards. He overthrew it 70 yards. We've been wanting quarterbacks to overthrow it at 10. Just hit, just get it to the sticks, guys. He no. think about that. I know. He overthrew a ball at 70 yards. Now, don't don't get us wrong here. We want him to be accurate. We want Joe to, to hit his target. But that's you a, have to, that's to a, overthrow it at 70 I mean, yards. Go ahead and walk 70 yards. Just walk it off and then look back and see how far away you are. That's and a long way. It. That's a long way to throw a football. And then look in so, front of you. That's an overthrow. <laughs> so can we get like at least 10 chuck and praise with Cortland Sutton? I imagine they could probably do that often. 
why not do a chuck and pray with Philip Lindsay? <laughs> you know, I, I imagine they'll run a few wheel routes. I don't know that a chuck and pray is necessary with a guy who's like four feet tall. So, <laughs> Wasn't he about the same height as E? Yeah, but do you really do they chuck and pray with E? I guess I guess you can. He he's got the speed. He does have the speed. That's true. I, that's true. I think I think there's a lot of opportunity in this offense. And I I, I know I know I sound a little bit overly excited, but uh, I, I I just think that there's a lot of opportunity here. And and so I'm trying to temper it a little bit. But those statements. The, the way that things are kind of coming together, the co- the confidence that the coaching staff gives the players, I, I think that this is going to be a better season than most pundits are going to give them credit for. The talking heads on NFL Network and ESPN, they're going to give them between 6 and 10 and 7 and 9, 9 and 7, something like that. That's, that's what I'm guessing they're going to get predicted for, and I think they're going to be better than that. What do you make of Bradley Chubb? On Friday, he was on Orange and Blue 760. And Steve Atwater asked him how everything's coming along, the new coaches, the new scheme. I won't read the full answer, but he said that at this point in Phase 3, so they had Phase 1, they had Phase 2. In Phase 3 for organized team activities, which is what OTAs are, they're actually able to get on the field and do offense versus defense. This is the first time over the course of off-season activities that they've been able to do that. He said it's coming second nature for this defense now. What do you make of that confident that that comment and does it give you even more confidence based on what the offense is doing and what Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton said? Yeah, yeah I think I, I mean I love the idea that a guy like Bradley Chubb, who again, this is this, he's going into his second year, so he's more comfortable in the NFL. He's 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 a better learner at this point, right? Because you you sort of learn how to learn. He's got better teachers than he had in his rookie year. I think that that's a fair assessment to make as well. And so he's learning faster, and so he's more comfortable. He's more confident, and just imagine a more confident Bradley Chubb opposite Von Miller, who is, doesn't lack for any confidence no matter what he's doing. And I, I think what you have is the makings of a very good front for the defense, right? The defensive front is going to be very, very good. And if if Bradley Chubb is coming out and saying, we're getting it, we understand it, we're, we're comfortable in it, then that means that, that things are going to be – I look, I just – I, again, I'm trying to sort of temper it. I'm trying to keep it a little more mild, but listening to the way that they talk, maybe I just miss football, and so I'm getting too excited about it. But I see and I hear, and I, I I'm I'm excited. I, I like where things are going. I'm not saying that they're going to be great in in 2019. Maybe it's 2020 when things are really really good. But you're going to see the makings of a very good football team in 2019. And I totally agree with that. I think there's there's absolutely reason to feel excitement. And as you said, it's the end of May. It is organized team activities. I think the big question is still going to be the offensive line. And until we see it, until I see it in training camp, and then again in the, the first couple of preseason games, so we can 
actually see the difference that Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper are making, there should be a little bit of pause. But in terms of everything else, with what Vic Fangio and his staff are bringing to this team already, there's reason to feel excitement. And that's something that we haven't had the last three years. And I and I mentioned it after Joe Flacco's introductory news conference, where unlike Case Keenum, Joe Flacco's confidence didn't feel fake. It it, it wasn't it, it wasn't forced. something that you yeah, you didn't you don't have to believe it. You don't have to convince yourself to believe it. And I think that's carried over over the course of all of this. And I think it's because of Vic Fangio. And I think it's because of that no-nonsense godfather approach that he brings, which is what this organization needed. And I I can't wait to see what this team looks like come training camp. Right, and that, that is definitely the, the, the place we're headed next, even though it feels like it's forever away. We're what, two months out? A month out? I mean, we're really not that far away from training camp either, so... I don't know. If you look outside my window right now, there's six inches of snow, so it doesn't really feels like it's six months away. Well, but you're going to have an early spring. Summer. In the meantime, How does it work? Let's get Steve Foley in the Broncos Ring of Fame. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.